Hey everyone, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, I've got uh, Grumpy Acres Farm on again with us. Uh, been a while, uh, been I don't know a month or so since we were yeah. on, we were on with Tag before, and uh, wanted to just get on and, and have a conversation with you on my channel and your channel. Uh, tonight we're gonna go over. Uh, you sent me some some pretty cool notes or some ideas about topics, uh, and and a lot of what you talk about is community and things like that. Uh, but how you, you you phrased it pretty interestingly, where everyone is on the prepping uh, homesteading spectrum, mm -hmm. which is which is pretty cool because I was thinking about that. And it's like you got some people that are, you know, maybe live in the suburbs, some people that are just starting out, some people that are further along like you, some people that are right in the middle <laughs> like me. Uh, so it's it's pretty interesting. And also want to talk about where bartering and things like that come in. Mm -hmm. I had a, a question from Jammer in the in our private group. He had about that as well. I want to pose to you. And uh, and then uh, towards the end, I suppose we'll get into a couple other things as well that uh, uh, I, I want to save it for the end just because the whole Sound of Freedom thing and uh, <laughs> our, our thoughts on that and just society going that direction and how just regardless whether you're a prepper or not, it's just awful. It's terrible that it's becoming okay things like that it's ridiculous so uh bill in the chat what's going on denise is here liberated lady brandon everyone welcome to the show can't see uh your your broadcast on your channel as well i can't see yours but uh, if you have anything out there uh, anybody makes any comments on your channel just let me know and we can uh we can well, hopefully uh, hopefully it's out there you, you'd think that the it guy could figure this stuff out <laughs> but i spent like 30 minutes trying to get my channel on there and i'm not quite sure if i did it or not hang on well, I'll, I'll go i'll go look well I, and i did see a notification that you did actually that's that you added to this event so um i i think it's i think it worked we'll see well yeah it's it's on there but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna follow my chat so guys if you want to if you're on my channel watching it and you want to make a comment, come over here to Dale's. And, well, I'm yeah. running now. Now I'm hearing an echo. There we go. Come okay. over here and, and, and make a comment here on this chat, okay? Uh, so um, what – actually, this says paired, so maybe they I, – I don't know if you are or not. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, before we get into all of this stuff, though, I wanted to mention – you guys sent me some long-term food, uh, some freeze-dried food the, uh, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. And I was thinking about getting a harvest right before that, but I tasted, I, I'm sure you didn't cook it. I'm sure it's your wife's pot roast. Yeah. Uh, but that was, it, it was so amazing. We ended up, Lisa and I, uh, decided we were going to go ahead and bite the bullet and get a harvest right because it's, it's fantastic. The, the difference between your, your homemade freeze-dried stuff Compared to the like the the legacy that I sell over at the SHTF mm -hmm. shop and stuff, it's not terrible, but it's 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 completely different. I mean, that pot roast tasted like like home cooked, like you just pulled it out of the refrigerator, put it in the microwave, and heated it up. I mean, that's right. how that's how wonderful it was. So right, and that's a good thing about the about the harvest right and and uh, I think Four Patriots is selling one now too. I haven't I haven't seen any reviews on it. There's another company that's selling one now, but. The freshness of the materials going in you know it's not assembled in the united states it's made in your kitchen and that's how it all started with us um my wife i'm not a small guy because my wife can't cook for two people 
right? So all the ex all the extra stuff ended up going into the freeze dryer. I'm getting that echo again. Is anybody getting an echo? Or is it just me? In the chat, let us know if you're actually getting an echo from Grumpy. All right, because if it's just me, I can deal with it. But anyway, you know, and so yes, we sell the freeze dried food, and by all means, GrumpyAcreStore.com. Order it. Email us if you want something special. Um, but go buy a freeze dryer. That's what you should do. Yeah, and and this is your store right here, and you guys are in the process of setting that up. Tim said he is getting an echo. So. Okay. Uh, but you guys are in the process of getting that set up. I don't know what we. Uh, he said it. Bill said it comes and goes. Okay. We'll have maybe, to. Uh, maybe I don't know. We'll just deal with it. Yeah. Well, if it gets I, too I, bad. I, let me know. Um, but you guys just are in the process of setting up that store, and if you just want to try some out, go there and buy something. Go there and buy one thing. I mean, you've got ice cream sandwiches. You got all sorts of fun mm -hmm. stuff as well. We had some of the Skittles. Uh, Lisa just had some of the uh, uh, the rice. I forget what it's. Uh, I can't. I'm drawing a blank on what it's called now. But just fantastic stuff. So, uh, uh, chicken a la king, I think, is what it was. Yeah. Uh, Grumpy likes hearing himself talk. That's all. Rabbit <laughs> <laughs> Coyote said that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool stuff. And if you just want to try and see what the heck I'm talking about, go mm -hmm. get some from their shop and just see. Uh, I mean, it's just a massive difference from the stuff you get at uh, the, uh, the 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 big box stores, I suppose. You know, the, the the things that you can even buy at Walmart these days, the Augustine Farms and things like that. It's just it's fantastic. And then save you money. I tell you what, I'm I'm super excited about this harvest ride. It's only a small one uh, because I you know I'm not sure exactly how how much I'm going to scale with this right now, mm -hmm. but. I mean, it's so good that that we had to bite the bullet and just go ahead and do that. But it's it's fantastic. Do your own food, and and you know exactly what's in it. You know exactly you know how it was made, and the preserved is far less salt than you would get from the other big box ones. So, uh, very cool. Absolutely. Uh, and then one other thing, uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about you guys. I don't know if it's you that put on the Midwest Preparedness Project or if that is. Uh, just a group you're associated with what kind of explain to people what that's all about and and what you're doing over there so it started about 15 years ago with seven families and it was just a, bi a biannual camp out spring and fall and we would get together uh yoda and i have been involved for about 12 years now and it it, it was just a camp out we started out on the uh i don't know if you remember survivalist boards yeah but we started out there and it has grown and last year we had 225 people so cool lake perry kansas if you can make it uh when is it it is the second week first week in, in october this year and if you can make it there's camping and all kinds of stuff yeah, Brian and I were a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the kind of the difference between like prepper conventions, like like the ones we have out here or the, the last one we had out here in Colorado and Denver anyway, mm -hmm. just a big convention. You go in and everybody's just basically selling stuff, which is what you you need. To, I mean, that's that's what you what you should expect at events like this. But I think something like that preparedness that that. Uh, the Midwest Preparedness Project, I was going to say experience, mm -hmm. uh, the project, the preparedness project, that's a little bit different because, yes, there is there are things you can buy 
as preppers, but it's it's also sort of a get together, right? Just hanging out with a bunch of like minded people and learning and classes and things like that. Correct. Last year was the first year that we had vendors and um, it worked out well. We only had like six of them. So people weren't selling stuff. But uh, Spags from Spags Unfilter and Data from going getting deep with Data have taken over, kind of running the show. Um, Spags used to do the Kansas Preparedness Expo in Topeka, so he he knows how to run these shows, and we've we've grown it. We have really good speakers last year. We've got great speakers coming this fall. Um, David the Good's gonna or not David the Good. Uh, Chuck Peoples is gonna be there. I think he's speaking. And Spags said. And we got we got a whole bunch of other people, but yeah, it, it's it's a good experience. You can camp all week long. Uh, there's classes Friday and Saturday, and um, it's just it's a great time. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. If I, uh, I Lisa and I don't get out a whole lot, having and I'm sure you know, but you know too, having animals and things like that. It, it, oh, it makes it a little bit uh, difficult to run around. But uh, uh, Rabbit Coyote said, "What's the date again?" What's the date, Angela? Uh, it's the first weekend in October. First weekend in October. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So uh, I wanted to, before we get into all of the, you know, the, uh, I call it prep steading, homesteading, you, you know, the different levels of all of this stuff or just basic prepping. Uh, I want to, let me see if I can find it here. I had, I posed the question. If, I asked if anybody had any questions for you today in the group here. And Jammer uh, put this up, and I just want to read this and then Mama Bear's uh, comment after this and let you expand on it. But he said, uh, hey, Dale, uh, ask them. I think he thought Tag was going to be on tonight, too. Uh, but he said, uh, ask them about how to determine the exchange rate. Example, five lighters equals one tarp. Uh, we kind of know what their worth is based on currencies. But without them, how would we determine that? How would we determine what's fair? Most of us suck at bartering because our society hardly ever does it. And then Mama Bear commented. Uh, she said, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, th uh, this will need to be a developed skill as I don't don't even like to do garage sales because I don't like to haggle for prices. I prefer per, prefer them to tell me what they want for it and I'll choose whether I want to buy it or not. So he brings up a good point there because we don't really, we don't think about these things anymore, but how do we figure out uh, and this reminded me of a video when I was watching one of your videos from a few days ago. You guys were talking about bartering a, a lamb for a bunch of chickens. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you figure out that value uh, in a situation where and we're going to dive deeper into this as far as, uh, you know, the community and all that and how you build that to where there are things to barter. But how do you figure out that value of what to trade this for for that? OK, there, there's two points in that in what was said. Mama Bear is absolutely right. It is a skill that needs to be developed. And and th there are people out there like like you've met Tag online. Tag Tag is a natural at barding. Yoda, my wife, is a is a natural at barding. The haggler? Yeah, I suck. Seriously. Yeah, me too. So it's a skill you have to develop. That's why we have Barter Town every Saturday night on uh, at a uh, the festival. That that's why we do it. The second thing is as long as both people are walking away satisfied, that's what the, that's what the price is. That's what it's worth. So yeah. the, key is, the key is having a good uh, feeling like you weren't gypped or you didn't take advantage of somebody. That's what that's what that's what those five lighters are. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a little bit sort of like gambling, a gambling aspect of it as well is. And, and that's what just Rabbit Coyote was just sort of on his comment that I just pulled down. He was talking about uh, scarcity. Wait, that's not the com. Oh, yeah. Scarcity and need. Uh, it's sort of like gambling, I think, because if you know that that person really needs to get rid of something, <laughs> you've got a leg up. Or if that person knows that you really need something, they've got, they've a, got leg a leg up. up. So right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where it really does, you know, pay it. Oh, I'm hearing myself again. Nope, um, that was me. I, I apologize. Nope. If I turn you down, I can't hear you. So, um, but it is one of those things where you, you sort of almost like, like these days going to garage sales and just doing that stuff and practicing the haggling thing. Cause we don't do it anymore. Uh, and I'd rather not, I see somebody's price and I'm just like mama bear. It's like, you know what? If that's what you're asking, I'll go somewhere else. Well, and I and I think that the key to the key to bartering for me is to forget what it costs. Don't think about the monetary value. Mm-hmm. Think about the value it is for you, and think about what the value it is for the other person. You know, because I've done some trades since we started practicing this, where I at the beginning I felt like I was taking advantage of somebody. And, but they walked away extremely happy and I was happy and I had to learn, you know, it's, it's not the monetary value. It's important. It's the, it's the esoteric value of it. Mm-hmm. You know? So if I've got, if I've got a box with 20 lighters in it, the value of those 20 lighters is a lot less than the person that is freezing to death because they don't have a lighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's the key to it. You know, as long as everybody walks away happy with the trade, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that is one of those things that we do sort of have to break because we have this defined idea about what something is worth, what we would go to Amazon and pay for it, what we would go, you know, expect to see it at the grocery store, what we'd pay for it. But that's not necessarily the case when you when you have a system like this, because I mean, one, it could be just the friendship you're trying to build that could mm-hmm. factor into what the cost is as well. The I mean, so many different things. So yeah, the the cost, I, I think you hit it right right off the bat there when you were talking about how it's whatever you feel like it's worth and whatever they feel like it's worth, as long as it's agreed upon, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a, a, a brand new tractor for a, a handful of Bic lighters. That would be crazy. I would take that down a second, it's a little <laughs> bit extreme, but, you know, <laughs> it, it really is that situation. If somebody needs a shovel, I mean, they have to have a shovel to plant, to garden, to do whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. that they're going to they're going to value that a lot more than you know like you had uh, you just had a couple baby lambs right right uh you had a lamb and and needed chickens so you valued those those chickens and you got quite a bit i didn't know a lamb was worth 50 some chickens <laughs> actually they're worth more are they <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's that that whole bartering thing right i'm sure yeah. you you guys settled on a a set amount yeah it was you know we it was with friends, so there was no need to to make a lot of like make bank on it, if you will. I don't know if you want to say it that way, but it was with friends, and we both needed something, and we traded it, and it was all good, you know. Uh, it, it Ghost said here, Grumpy. I was I walked away from our trade at the meetup with a smile on my face and tez, ten dozen eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. It, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it is one of those situations where as as preppers, 
And maybe it's it's different, and this sort of goes into that whole spectrum thing. As preppers, m- the majority of preppers sort of think of the whole Bic lighter thing and what's going to be good when everything just goes completely to crap, right? Mad Max type situation, Bic lighters, batteries, you know, those things you can carry in your pocket and trade with, you know, strangers and things like that. But honestly, it... it there's a lot more to it and it's a lot harder as well. And, and I'll let you dive into this, but it's a lot more to it when you're talking about trading with friends. It's a, pro- it's a lot safer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not, you're not trading something with a perfect stranger and all of a sudden he's seeing how much stuff you have, but it's also with a, with a friend there, you'll, if you can build up that community, if you could build up that support group and that, that the whole bartering, that, that secondary economy, I suppose, you have a lot of different options, so you can you can barter skills, you can barter goods. It's not just those little trinkets and gadgets that you're you're trying to get rid of or or trying to get one thing, uh, you know, from somebody that you don't even know. Uh, right. That is a tough situation though for a lot of people because they aren't in the situation, uh, say like you are or even me a little bit out here, kind of it's kind of in between. Uh, what do you what is like some of your advice as far as if they're on that end of the spectrum, whether that's first starting out or um, how to kind of elaborate on the whole spectrum thing that you were talking about, I suppose. Okay. So I'm, I'm a firm believer that, that homesteading is the ultimate expression of preparedness. So every prepper that, you know, you start out as that person that, that looks at the gear and goes, Oh, I got to buy that. And you, you start buying gear mm-hmm. and then you figure out the skills are better. And then, and as, and as a prepper, you mature and, and you become more and more concerned about things that are more, long-term and beneficial to you and eventually you start thinking about raising your own food you know you start with rabbits or something like that so eventually you get to a point where you start homesteading not everybody's going to get that not everybody wants to be there i get it i completely understand but the idea behind everything the you know whether you're starting prepper or you're homesteader the 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 idea is this it's it's to be as self-sufficient and prepared as possible right so when it when it comes to, to being on that spectrum it, it's about building the community right because that in, in my opinion the community is the most important thing and it looks it looks different for everybody you know for the prepper you're looking at a mag right you always hear about people building mags for the homestead community it's building a larger community hang on my wife just walked in she seems to think it's the, the microphone being too close to me. Oh, could be. It's the fact that it's restrained and I'm a terrible IT guy. That's what it is. Leave it alone. Okay, I'm not supposed to touch it. I have been told. <laughs> but, and, and building community is, is the whole point of of where you are in the spectrum. And it's, like I said, it's going to look different for everybody. Um, the hardest part of building a community is that that first conversation with somebody. Bartering with somebody is a fantastic way to build relationships, right? Because you get to know somebody and the more you barter with them, the the more familiar you get with, with how they are and what they are. And, and it doesn't mean you got to be friends with somebody you're bartering with, but you'd be surprised at, at how many, um, how much like-minded thinking you can find with somebody, you know, mutual interest, mutual understanding about something. And and it's uh, it's so I can't even I can't even tell you how important it is to to start building that community 
and how what a good tool bartering is to to start doing it. Right? Does that is that answer the question? I mean, I kind of got sidetracked there, but yeah, and I didn't. <laughs> I could have phrased it better because I asked you about fourteen questions in one, but yeah. Uh, to everyone in the chat, I was just ch checking with them too. They said there's no more echo. So, uh, whatever you know, a better IT guy than I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it you did because I want and I wanted to elaborate a little bit on it because there are people. You know, some people just have no no plans whatsoever mm -hmm. to get into the homesteading thing, and that's that's fine. That's to, to each their own, and I think that if you as long as you're just doing something, and as long as you're paying attention, and as long as you don't you have your head buried in the sand. I think you're, you're, you know, you're, you're at least in the game, right. but I think, and somebody, I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody in the, in the chat made the comment that um, as preppers, that should be sort of an ongoing goal to get mm -hmm. to the point. Uh, maybe, you know, like you were talking about, maybe some people, they don't want to get to the point where you are or, or aren't going to be able to get to the point that you are uh, like me. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm not the suburban, but I'm not out. I, I don't have the, the big setup like you have. Right. But that is a goal for Lisa and I to get. It, it's always a goal. Will we get there? I don't know. Uh, but we're going to try. And I think that's what preppers should should be doing because it it is that community that, that really, you, you know, you think in a Mad Max type situation, preppers, we like to talk about that all the time. That's really sort of unlikely when you compared to, say, some sort of uh, of economic crisis or something that just rips this country country apart but doesn't completely break it down if that happens that's where what you were just talking about with that community mm -hmm. where that's going to be super important and the, the whole bartering economy right because with the supply lines down and, and this could be just a couple of weeks a couple of months uh, if you have that the means to do things and get the things that you want in that situation uh, you're going to be far better off than a lot of people are uh, right. in the in the world, uh, well, in the country. Here's something to think about. Think about a pencil. There's not a single person in this chat that will see this video that has the knowledge to make a pencil, a modern pencil. You know, like a number two pencil that you get. Think about the think about the skill sets that are involved in that, and think about the the materials needed to cut the wood, mine the graphite. To get the rubber, you know. So, for somebody to sit here and think that, oh, I'm I'm going to take care of everything myself. That's just that's a crazy thought. Now you can you can push to be as self sufficient as possible, and and by by self uh, by self sufficient I mean modernly self sufficient, which is defined as being able to take care of as many problems as you can with the tools, materials, and skills that you have on hand. Right. That's that's what you should be pushing for. But even then. I mean, think about it. You know, we call ourselves homesteaders, but we're not really homesteaders. We're we're modern, modern homesteaders because mm -hmm. we're not. The only place I think you can actually homestead in America now is Alaska, and I think Tennessee actually has homesteading laws now, or like true homesteading laws where you can get land for free. You know, but the our even our ancestors that were out here in Kansas homesteading. They built towns because they couldn't do it by themselves. They understood that at some point you would need a community to, at the very least, interact with to get material goods and, and things like that. So why is why as modern homesteaders, why as preppers, should we think that we can be completely self-sufficient, right? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, I... I, I 
I'm messing with some things back here and then reading some comments. So uh, I, I didn't know you were down. I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> oh, no, you, you threw me for, you threw me for a loop. When it, when it changed, I was like, oh, there, that's the picture I was looking for. Yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been trying just, to stay in frame because I move around a lot. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about it when we do your show. You guys are always on full screen. And I was like, why am I not putting this on full screen? So, uh, but um, somebody had made a comment and I pinned it here so I didn't lose it. Uh, okay. Again, it is like the this is like the fourth comment I pulled up from Ram Coyote, but he's making some good points tonight. Uh, two, and, and I wanted to ask you about this. 2012 was the last time I considered myself a prepper. Uh, bought my BOL and decided that we needed to just move into it and begin home, the homesteading process. I want, I'm curious your opinion, and then we'll get back to this, your opinion on the term prepper. Because for for me, and, and I don't know if it's the same for you or not, it's something that it's it's more of a way to just categorize what I do. But there are a lot of people in in my in my group and people that have joined my the bug out location and um, just people that I've interacted with over the years that are, are sort of like him that just don't uh, consider themselves preppers. But it is that term that you, you kind of have to use because so people know what the heck you're talking about, mm-hmm. sort of like the homesteading thing where you were what you were talking about. But what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, prepper thing as as a you know, or homesteader thing or, or the whole categorizing everything. Up until recently, I despised the word prepper. And that's thanks to, to National Geographic. They took yeah. and they stigmatized that word so badly. And it's only been the last two or three years that I've been able to start using it again and feeling comfortable with it. And and I agree with you. It's it's a way to it's a way to describe where you are on the spectrum. You know, and, and it's a it's it's like one half of that prepper homesteading spectrum, and I think people need to if if they're going to talk about themselves being preppers, they need to think more about where they are on that that timeline, you know, because the the person that's just getting into it, the person that that just got their eyes opened up and is is running off their pet fear, you know, what the the fear that that drove them to buy that first bug out bag or whatever, you know, buy their first case of beans, whatever it was. That person is a lot different than the person that's reached the point where they're, they're raising rabbits in their, their suburban backyard for protein. And they're, they're going out and they're paying for classes like foraging classes and, and going to uh, self-defense classes, you know, gun classes. They're, Yes, they're both preppers, but but on the spectrum, they're they're at a completely different point. And I think it's really important that that the the higher up you are on the spectrum of that, the more important it is for you to encourage people down below you and share your experiences, right? Mm-hmm. I, and 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 I don't mean one of the reasons we got off of survival boards, or I got off a of survival board, was because it came it became toxic, yeah. seriously. And there were everybody was an expert. And if you didn't agree with they with what they said exactly, they would excoriate you and and try to tear you down, and that's not what we should be doing. A, it's it's ridiculous. It's childish. B, it's counterproductive because I want that person. I want that person that's terrified of what's going to happen next week. I want that person to get better. And the only way they're going to get better is if we share our experience with them and help elevate them. And as they elevate, they'll elevate us because, you know, at the very least, we're going to learn how to, we're going to learn how to, how to, I don't like to use the word teaching because it, it implies a student teacher t- 
type of relationship. But it's going to elevate us because it's going to help us be able to share what we know better with people, right? I know that sounds kind of touchy-feely, but it's it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And and you've you've listened to Lisa and I for a while, uh-huh. and you know that we try to get you know when when people first get interested in prepping, there's that negative because of shows like Doomsday Preppers and right. because of the the fear stuff where people are trying to take advantage. People just have this negative connotation of the word prepper. And what we tried to do is is to sort of get people that are interested in preparedness. That's what we do with the Bug Out Location uh, membership website mm-hmm. where we have prepping courses and stuff. Show them that preppers aren't batshit crazy. Like, we're, you know, prepper, the the term prepper and the actual prepper are completely different, completely different. Right. Even to the point where most preppers wouldn't consider themselves preppers, uh, I suppose. So it, it, I think it's it's that education and that stuff that people sort of need to get over that hurdle of, under, of understanding that 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 stigma isn't isn't correct. I mean, there, there's people out there. It's it's absolutely that way. But mm-hmm. once you get past that, then you can get to the point where it is, uh, you know, that you, you get past that initial, uh, you know, self-consciousness or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And then you get into the OK, I'm just going to start doing this stuff. I'm going to get into this stuff. And then you move up in that that spectrum that we've been talking about tonight, where you get to the point where you're like, OK, what's my next step? What's my next goal? Is it possible, say I live in, uh, you know, in the outskirts of a city or something, is it possible to move out to the suburbs with a little bit more property, start learning? That's the the thumbnail of this show. I had one side, which is a, a farm, a homestead, and then one side with the, the uh, like a backyard with raised beds and things like that. That's sort of that I think of as prep steader, right, where you're right. you're doing what you can. But you're not, you, you know, you. I, I wouldn't consider myself a homesteader. I do some of the same things that you do, but I don't think I would. Uh, I don't have one. I don't have any any lambs or any large game like that. Chickens do not make me a homesteader. No. <laughs> Chickens well, and a few raised beds. <laughs> and, and and to be honest with you, you know, when we when we made the move a year and a half ago, um, we took a couple of steps back. We are actually closer to prep steaders now than we are homesteaders. Is just I've gotten to the habit of saying it, but you know you make a you make a good point. Nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy on National Geographic that shot his thumb off, or was, yeah. was shooting his house with the twenty-two to see if it was bulletproof. Nobody wants to be that guy. So if you're if here's my advice to anybody that's feeling like that's a stigmatized word, and you're you're embarrassed by it, don't use it. So what you talk about is preparedness mindset, the prepared mindset or preparedness. That's all, you, that's all you say. And another thing that does is it allows you to take that conversation and start talking to the people around you that are not like-minded. And you can start talking about it. I use it all the time to talk to my coworkers about the, the canning that we do and the raising the sheep and, and trying, to, trying to get them to realize that, that they need to be more concerned about this stuff. And, and it it does make a huge difference because when you're 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 non-aware person for lack of a better term, here's prepper, they tune you out. They, let's face it, they do. They still do, even even today, right? And and as far as the 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 homesteading go, like I said, we took a couple of steps back and we are closer to prep setting because we 
In my mind, a, a modern homestead is somebody who can raise a majority of their food on their property. And mm -hmm. we, we were just to the point at the last property where we were getting, getting ready to do that. In fact, the, the year that COVID hit, um, we were actually going to start making money on the, off the homestead, actually making a profit off of everything. Clientele dried up. We moved. We, we lost our entire client. Everybody raises sheep out here. And everybody's got eggs, so our our business model was shot, completely <laughs> shot. As we moved, you know, so we had to. That's that's one of, another reason why we decided to monetize the uh, the freeze dried food and all that stuff. And there's another there's another good point. You know, the the whole the bartering. Um, and I know I know you didn't ask about this, but this is this is an important thing about the bartering system, is it creates a parallel economy and it gets us so we're not spending our money in the system for lack of a better word you know but our description it, we're, we're creating this parallel economy where our our wealth stays within our community before it goes off to the state capital or washington dc yeah and so that's that's another reason why community is so important and learning these bartering skills and and moving your way up that that prepper spectrum and building community is so important yeah yeah and you know you you sort of brought up a good point about the the whole bartering thing as well and i got a question from jammer too but is you're, you're talking about everybody around you it's got eggs and 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 all of that stuff mm -hmm. if if it's a situation like that you sort of have to pivot right because sort of like you did with the with the freeze-dried food and all that it's like okay this is this is not going to be beneficial, whether you're talking about trying to make a few bucks to, you know, pay the, the property tax or you're trying to, uh, you know, be able to have things to be able to barter with in the future uh, mm -hmm. that don't don't require blood, sweat and tears. Uh, you got to figure out those different things. And I think that is plus, uh, I mean, that that freeze dried food is so good. <laughs> that's worth a few dozen eggs. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, I mean, that's a good point. You've got to figure out what those things are. Jammer said here in the chat, let me pull this up. Uh, he said earlier, uh, how do you barter with friends without making them feel screwed? And I think this is one of those things we have sort of this, I, at least I do, uh, this mentality that, hey, I don't want to, bartering almost feels like like shady, right? Like you're trying mm -hmm. to cheat somebody, you're trying to get a deal, you're trying to screw them over. And it's really not that way, right? But that's kind no, of the, the feeling we have about all this stuff well and and to jammer's question you know there, there's there's two two things i would say about that the first one is and this is gonna this is gonna sound so bad when you're done <laughs> with the when you're done with the trade no matter how you feel about it never say man i got the better end of that deal just don't say it whether you feel that way or not just don't say it and the second thing is when you're dealing with friends the friendship is as much the equation as the value of whatever your trading is. And you have to decide at some point, you got to be willing to take less than what you would from a stranger just because they're your friends. And and that's why I'm really big on this one. Man, we've got our friends and family values for stuff. And if you're friends and family, what we expect in trade or in, in monetary compensation is not nearly as much as what we expect from a stranger. You know, yeah. you got to be willing to make some sacrifices. If, if you don't, if you don't want your friends to feel like you're screwing them over, you got to be willing to do that, right? It doesn't mean you let them walk all over you, you know, because inadvertently they might. But you, 
you got to be willing to, to give and take a little bit there. Yeah. And, and friends will have a little bit more leeway as well. So if they are in a dire situation, they don't have anything to borrow yet. Maybe they're waiting for harvest or something like that. Right. You're you're more willing to, you know, help that person out if you've got a little bit of extra, knowing that uh, they're a trustworthy person. They're going to repay you when they can. Whereas a perfect stranger, uh, it's going to be no dice. Sorry about your luck, bro. <laughs> you're not getting any of my stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's something else, and, and it took me 12 years to learn this, seriously, because um, we've been we've been dealing with this community for 12 years. Um, there is no ledger, right? When when we do stuff with people, we do not keep a ledger, and that was something I was I was extremely guilty of, where I was I was like, uh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to feel like I owe that person something. And and Darren from Hacks from the Homesteader and Tag and and Data and and everybody that's involved in our community constantly saying dude there's there's no ledger all right we don't keep track of this stuff because in in the long run it's gonna even out you know mm -hmm. and and if they're true friends and you start taking advantage of them they'll let you know you know they won't yeah. get mad they'll just be like hey dude you know you need to you need to cough up something here right yeah or or they'll just ignore you and say i ain't doing business with you anymore buddy <laughs> we've done that we've done that yeah. with some people yeah yeah but it, it does bring up the point, again, uh, of of community and having those avenues available to you mm -hmm. when when and if something does happen, even if it's just a long term prices are through the roof and it's, you know, doing these things inside rather than paying the the super high taxes and all of the, the super high prices at the grocery store, having those little systems set up. Uh, can save you a few bucks, even if it's like all we have really is is basically eggs. We've got our garden, which is basically for us, which is not enough to sustain us, but it's it's not enough to where we're we're giving that out to people. But during the summertime, we've got more than more eggs than we know what to do with. So many mm -hmm. that Lisa is taking them to work and basically making people take dozens of eggs. <laughs> well, now, now that you're getting a freeze dryer, you can you can freeze dry them. Oh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to be doing that. But yeah, you could set something up like Lisa was in the chat. She Lisa is budget equestrian, by the way. Uh, she was in the chat talking about how we've got neighbors that have certain things. And if, if we have eggs, we can do that. I am not the type of person to go around, walk around to five different neighbors like the newspaper delivery guy uh, with five dozen eggs and just hand them out all over the place or, or collect two bucks here and there. But uh, the fact that, you know, just making sure that they know. That that is here and making sure that, that, you know, that they have, I guess, feel like they have access to you where they can come and say, hey, I've got this. You got any eggs? What about something like this? And then and then also practice that that whole bartering thing right. uh, and get rid of that that guilty. I'm um, I'm trying to screw this guy over feeling that, you know, that that a lot of people have. And you got to work on that, seriously, because because like I said, it took me 12 years to get over that. And and. The, the starting the conversation will will lead to people knowing that you're open to doing stuff. I mean, even if even if you're you're walking over and you're just just saying hi to them, you know, um, it it breeds a little bit of familiarity, and they can they eventually people understand, you know, hey, this guy's this guy's thinking kind of along the same lines I am, and he's got something you know that I don't have. You know, our garden this year is terrible. The only literally the only thing we're having success with is tomatoes so at the end of the summer we're gonna have a whole bunch of tomatoes our potatoes aren't doing very well and we didn't get very much other stuff in the between the goats and the, the dang opossums we're losing fruit 
off of fruit trees left and right. We lost all our peaches the other day. Over the weekend, there was like three dozen peaches disappeared off our peach tree. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna be going to our friends and, and people that we know that have fruit trees and stuff, and we're gonna be like, hey, you know, we need to we need to figure something out. And, and what what would you like to trade? All right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Brandon said here he barters with his neighbors without a freeze dryer. Uh, cut me in on the surplus eggs, uh, and I'll freeze dry you. Up, freeze dry you some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's that same. You start building those avenues, and then if something does, you know, happen down the pipe, uh, you know, you you just never know when that stuff's going to be important. Where you may need some of that other stuff. So yeah. And and we've got a five. We've got a large freeze dryer, and our our rate of exchange is is you give us enough to fill that freeze dryer up, which is ten dozen eggs, and we keep two trays and we give you the other three. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever the math is on that, 100, 120 divided by five, you know. And so if you've got if you've got something you can do that with, you know, it, it works out well for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Our our garden got screwed this year too. We got we just got pummeled with rain like crazy in June. I mean, like five six days straight, mm -hmm. uh, just heavy 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 rain. So every uh, almost everything above ground. I've got a couple squash plants left. We got a couple tomato plants. Any sort of melon I tried to grow? No, no dice. I got potatoes. Anything underground? Still, still decent. But yeah, it, it just goes to show you in a in a some sort of if, if you're depending on that for your survival when there are no grocery stores or situations like that, you're going to have to have, and that's where the the long term food storage comes in, the freeze dried food. You're going to have to have that backup, that emergency stuff, just to get you through until you can get everything back to normal. And for a lot of people. Uh, they don't have the the means, and and I mentioned this earlier. They don't have the means that you do, so that that emergency backup is <laughs> their their harvest, I suppose. Their their time when the when the stores are closed. Well, and somebody somebody that's living on a suburban lot, and and can, and you can raise a lot of food on a suburban lot. You know, it's 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 super simple, and it just takes it just takes you wanting to do it and learning the skills. But if you're living on a suburban lot, you don't have the skills, and, and you're, you don't have the area, go, go contact a local farmer. Contact somebody. You know, if you're driving down the road, you see somebody at the big garden, stop by and and say hi to them and strike up a conversation. I know it's hard; it's extremely hard, right? But if you do that, you can get into a CSA, a community supported agriculture type of situation, where you're not you're not raising the 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 food but you're helping finance the person that is and in in response or in, in as a result you get some of the some of the harvest off of that so there's there's all kinds of ways that you can you can get that that fresh food coming in so you're not relying on those long-term food storage things cuz let's let's be honest let's be honest fresh veggies are a thousand times better tasting and better for us than pulling up pulling that can out of your long-term storage pantry right yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So, hey, uh, Gabe said here real quick. He said meat processing also works similarly. Uh, let plus it lets you know who you can who who can help or trade in the future, uh, giving you great context. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Yoda put uh, something right here, and I pulled this up earlier, and I just wanted to show it just to remind Lisa to look into this. But she said, uh, "Have Lisa order trays for the uh, for the toaster oven. You'll get about you'll get more eggs in there." So the. The trays that come with the harvest right only have like a, a half inch lip on them, mm -hmm. and you can go to you can go to Amazon and you buy toaster oven trays that have a one inch lip, 
and you can get more eggs in there and you don't end up spilling them. That's I, she says you get more eggs in there. That's the important thing. My big thing was when you move the eggs from the kitchen to the freeze dryer, you invariably used to spill it because the the edge on that tray was so small. So yeah, and, and they're 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 inexpensive. You get in the large one, you can get two. Uh, well, Angela, type the type the size of those trays in there for the large. You know, but you'll have to you have to play play with it and see what what works for your freeze dryer. But yeah, get get different trays. And Brandon in the chat said, "What's the name of those trays again?" So if you could put that in the chat too, that would be cool. I'm sure she's already just, on it. But they're just you, you know what we'll have to do in the future. We'll have to get all four of us on okay. uh, and do a show. That would be kind of fun, dude. Dude, I told you before, I'm not sure I want Angela and Lisa playing together. <laughs> if you guys ever come out to Midwest Preparedness Festival. Man, you, our lives are going to be miserable because Lisa and Angela and, and probably Skane's Girl, I don't know if Skane's is on here or not, but and then the Cougar Club, they're all going to get together and they're going to make us miserable. So I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't mind getting online with a bit, but man, they're not they're not allowed to play with each other once once we meet in person, right? Yeah, I, I think that would be, well, at least the first time it would be interesting <laughs> and fun, right? We'll see how it goes, but I think it would be a blast. I, I like I said, I was, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but I was watching her uh, and you talk about uh, some stuff the other day, and she's she's not afraid of the camera, and Lisa's not afraid of the camera, so uh, we might as well. You get think not, I can't get her to make happens. videos on a regular basis, man? If I get her to make videos, and everybody on our channel wants to see her, that's the that's the crazy thing. And she does great. She does great cooking videos. You know, she really does, but she cooks good. I know that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I just watched one with her. Uh, got, uh, is, is it your grandson? Is it beast? There, no, that's, a little that's one of the, that's one of the community kids. That's oh, one okay. of the community kids. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a good kid that all the kids in that family are really good kids. They're yeah. all homeschooled. They're, they're, they're homesteaders and they're, they're learning stuff and it's, it's, they're good kids. Yeah, I, I just watched that video and it was interesting because I was Lisa um, just did a, the similar product review for her budget equestrian channel. Mm -hmm. And I gave her such a hard time uh, in the beginning for that little tiny chainsaw until I had some branches that I actually had to process, you know, get those off so you can turn the, the rest of the branch into firewood, get the little mm -hmm. twigs off. And it actually works pretty good. And I was like, you know what? This isn't a terrible tool to have for the small jobs. Yep. So. Dude, I've been going out there. I've been going out there every night when I'm I'm babysitting the goats and the sheep when they're out on the pasture. I take that little thing out there and I I cut down small trees. I'm I'm limbing stuff up like it needs to be done. I've been using. I've been trying to break the thing and I can't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really convenient. And I know you could just use a machete or whatever to chop the you know the twigs off, but that's so much easier. I mean, it's literally just plus the fact that. With with Lisa and even, you know, small kids like uh, Beast or whatever, mm -hmm. it 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 makes them more inclined to give you a hand. So you're not doing everything right. yourself, because if I were to pull out a big chainsaw, Lisa would be like, no, I'll move some stuff out of the way for you. But I'm not touching that thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, man, it's been it's been in the 90s with a dew point of like 75 here. So going out and swinging a chainsaw or a machete or will and a great, great big chainsaw is not fun oh come on you gotta said stop working me like a slave and i'll do more videos don't, don't listen to her she's on vacation most of the time <laughs> don't, don't listen uh, to her 
Yeah, and then Lisa said, uh, "Yeah," and then he took my chainsaw. Yeah, I use it all the time now, but I but I recharge the battery. I don't just leave you with a dead battery. Yeah. <laughs> um, at any rate, I did want to talk a little bit about what you guys were talking about the other day because you did a video, and I don't have the link. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's only like two. If you go to to Grumpy Acres Farm YouTube channel, it's like three videos ago. Uh, it's a live stream. You guys did an hour live stream, but you're talking about you had just watched the trailer for uh, what is the movie called again? Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Yes. And um, she was uh, pretty upset about it. I mean, I mean, you could tell she was visibly um, mm -hmm. affected by just watching the trailer because of uh, her work in the past. Correct. Things right. that uh, she used to she used to be in that life. So she she's got a a firsthand knowledge of that more than the rest of us do. Well, we went, we actually went and saw it on, on Sunday and something we found out Monday after we paid 50 bucks to go to the movie theater is churches across the country are showing up for free. So if, if you are in an area where there's churches that are showing it, I mean, ask around and find out message aside, it's a really well done movie. They did a good job on it. And the message is so important these days. And yes, she was extremely upset because she used to, she was with an organization 10, 12 years ago that was raising money to build facilities in the Kansas City area to house these kids once they were rescued. Because if, if they, they, there's two choices if they don't have someplace to go, is they either sit in a jail or they go into the foster system. And neither one of those is where those kids. Neither one of those is where any kid needs to be. Seriously, as long as the kid's not a bad kid, they don't need to be in that system. All right. So she was building, building houses like I don't know if you know who Baron Dependent is. His Caleb house that he that he's helping finance. It was that type of facility. And there's only the the number of beds that they need compared to the number of beds that are available across the country. This and and mind you, this is ten or twelve years ago, and I guarantee it's not gotten any better. Is Terrible. There, at, at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, Angela, there were only like 7,000 beds in the entire nation for kids like this, right? So we went and saw it, and and it's a very moving movie, and I I highly recommend it to people. And and if you've been paying any attention whatsoever, it's been attacked from the left and yeah. from the right. From news media, social social media, everybody's been attacking it. Even even people that we consider pretty conservative people have been attacking it, which shocked the hell out of me. Um, all I can say is is number one, do the research yourself. Find out about the Underground Railroad project and Tim Ballard and and the the truth behind the movie. Go do the research for yourself. It's out there and you can find it. Yeah, and, and, and B. Look at where the attacks are coming from and look at the fruits of the people that are doing the attacking. Yeah. Right? At the end of the at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is is what works what works you do. Yeah. As far as that as far as that concerned. You know, from a Christian standpoint, works don't mean anything. But from this this worldly standpoint, the the work that they do in regard to that is the most important thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I think that's the bigger the bigger issue. There's a it's it's much more than just the movie. It's mm -hmm. the fact that it was it, and even before this movie, the whole uh, that whole trafficking thing has sort of been 
almost labeled as a conspiracy theory or, you know, they call it QAnon adjacent, a bunch of big time articles. And like you were saying, if you do pay attention uh, to who is is trying to squash this stuff or who is, I guess, not trying to be bring it to the forefront, because it really is an issue that that really should be. And and yet it, it it's almost like it doesn't matter to the people up on top. And you guys alluded to that in that video, too, about why that probably is. Because there are a lot of people at the top. I mean, look at Epstein. Uh, you know, just just that right there, that situation right there, uh, it is. You know, maybe they're not the same types of kids, but it's the same same type of situation. And it is those guys that feel better than that feel like they've they've reached this pinnacle and they're better than the rest of the population and they can do whatever the hell they want. Uh, well, and a lot of those people are quote unquote running the show. And here's my here's my take on the attacks. Normal, well-adjusted adults do not get upset. They do not get threatening and they don't question the motive behind the comment. Maybe we shouldn't sexualize our children and maybe we shouldn't minimize the message of fighting human, human trafficking. Plain and simple. Anybody, mm -hmm. anybody who, who, who feels threatened by it or is trying to shut it down or doing that. That's not normal. That's not that's not somebody we should be paying attention to. Period. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I try not to speak in absolutes like that, but it, that in this case, that's an absolute. Yeah, Tiger, but great comment right here. He said, "Look at Epstein. Giselle's in jail, but what happened to all the the other uh, people that took part in all of those all of those sins? You know, mm -hmm. nothing. Because and and the reason I think that is is probably the same reason we're not going to hear anything about Hillary's emails. The same reason uh, we're not going to see anything about Hunter Biden because there are so many names that are going to be drawn into something like that. That it's this house of cards that they don't want falling down. So well, it, it's the whole Epstein thing that will forever be a secret, kind of like JFK getting shot. Jim Caviezel did an interview. The the guy that plays Tim Tim Ballard. He, he did an interview, and he sat through five or six screenings of the movie with like two or three hundred people each. And there's a certain part of the movie, I'm not going to describe it to you, because go see the movie, and you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But he said the first time that the first times he watched it, people would start talking. The, the audience, they'd hit this certain point of the movie, and they'd start talking. And his, his mind is like, oh, they're losing interest. They're, they're losing, losing interest. The last time he did it, he finally stopped and he asked some people, what were you guys talking about? And there's a, there's a part in the movie where people in the theater were actually turning to each other and going, Epstein's Island. That's, they were literally saying that because they, they understand what's going on. You know, and, and yes, okay, let's, let's, let's play devil at, devil at, uh, devil's advocate here for a little bit. The movie's overhyped. The movie is... is like exaggerating what's going on it's it's not completely truthful let's just say i'm not saying that's the way it is because i do not believe that but let's just say that's the way it is should that detract from the idea of fighting human trafficking and fighting child sex slavery should it i don't think so period yeah and end of sentence yeah you know? And that's the that's the concerning part is that's sort of where society seems to be not sort of it is where society seems to be going these days where all of this is just something that used to be completely taboo. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys were talking about a wood chipper. <laughs> Somebody's got a wood chipper uh, for pedophiles or something living. in the show. But 
something that used to be like that is almost accepted these days. So, so Kentucky sustainable living has a, a t-shirt that says compost pedophiles. And it's got a picture (laughs) of a wood chipper with a foot, a bloody foot sticking out of it. (laughs) That's awesome. The money that's raised from the purchase of these shirts goes to veterans for child rescue. A portion, a portion of the profit goes to, goes to that cause. And, and I, and, Angela, I fully, fully support the cause, and, and uh, she wants one. I, I don't think I would ever wear a shirt like that, but I, that's something to talk about off screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think I would wear it. Hey, uh, uh, Wilbrook said in here, Off Grid Doug attacked the movie, said it was made by bad people. Um, I didn't know that. I'm not so sure what to think about him these days anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. To, no, to Doug's, to Doug's credit. He did a video yesterday or the day before, this, and he said he was wrong. Oh, did he? Okay, good. He flat out said he was wrong, and to his uh, to his credit, he he amended that. So I and he was one of the ones I was really shocked where the where the the tone of his his video was coming from. But he he admitted that he had made a mistake. Good. Well, if he still got that up, I may have to watch that and see what he said because I don't know. Because I know Jim Caviezel isn't a bad person, so maybe he's talking about other people or all that. Well, well, and and think about this. Think about this. Think about the nature of what's going on, right? The because you're not only talking about child sex trafficking, you're talking about business, you're talking about uh, politics, and uh, hopefully you guys come back. I don't know if you guys. My computer keeps blacking out on me for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on. But I'm not noticing can't. anything over here, so hopefully they're not. But you're 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 dealing with a whole bunch of unsavory things right there. And to think that you could operate even on the good side of that equation and not have to do some things that were shady? Is that is shady the right word? Or unsavory? To think that you could get a get through that even attacking it and not get dirty is very naive. Right? So I'm willing, and it goes back. It goes back to my statement. You know, look at look at the works. Look look at the outcome of what's happening on both sides of that equation. I, you know what, I'm okay with my heroes getting a little dirty in the process. Just, just I'll just put it that that simple. I'm I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a shame that that something like that. It's. I, I'm glad Brian and I talked about this last week, where the the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes were just outrageously good. So I'm glad that people are seeing the the average citizen are seeing what an important issue this is, but it it seems like the more the higher up they get on that that you know the quote unquote you know food chain, uh, the the less they give a crap about it, the less they want it talked about. Uh, there's too many other important things, and it's it's just nuts to me that they're more concerned like with the whole PizzaGate thing, right? They're more concerned about John Podesta, his name getting smeared than the thousands of, of children that are they're getting screwed. I mean, that's where the priorities are uh, with these people that are, you know, up there, whether that's media, whether that's politicians, whether that's corporations, CEOs, all that. That's where their priorities are. It's not the little people that they never see. It's not the ones that are, you know, invisible to them. It's their, you know, the buddies, the ones that they care about, the ones that are possibly complicit in the whole thing. Well, and I think here's another aspect that I saw somebody talk about of this, the, the attacks against the movie. You know, they 
this movie was in the can for five years. It, it sat there made for five years. And Disney got it whenever they bought, was it Warner Brothers or United? Anyway, they, they, bought, it, they bought the original producers, uh, the, the original people that made it. And so they sat it on the shelf. And this movie would not be in the movie theater right now if the people that, that actually made the movie did not buy the rights back. Because they were not, Disney was not going to show this movie. They, they were not going to allow it to be, be shown. And the only reason why this, the only reason why this why movie, would, that, that's opposite of what Disney does these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the 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 this movie has been successful because the message has moved people to spread the word, and the the mm -hmm. way that people market it, you know, they pay it forward. If you if you've already seen the movie and you want to see it again, don't see it again. Buy a ticket for somebody else, right? Word of mouth is what's making this message go out. And I think that the, the powers that be, the, the system, if you will, I think the system is afraid because this is the first time in, in a long time that I can remember that we the people have taken something and elevated it to where they can't touch it. Because let's say, man, they, they made $85 million in, in two weeks. Well, since July July 4th, right, off an of, off of independent movie. They're, they're crushing they're crushing the uh, the big the the big uh, big studios. They're crushing all of them. Yeah, and, Indiana Jones and all that. Yep, it's putting a message out there that people that resonates with people, and it's it's something that, like you said, there's pretty good evidence that some very powerful people are involved in this, and they're dirty, and they don't like that. They yeah. don't like the fact, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to crush the movement behind Sound of Freedom. Because the next time something comes up, they don't want the same thing to happen. So, yeah. which is why I think it's even more important for people to, to spread the word about the movie, go see it, share it with people, and and get the message out. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll tell you what, that's the game plan. Oops, wrong one. Uh, and I'm not going to mention this because we're on YouTube, but I'll throw it up on the screen there <laughs> because I absolutely agree with it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the that's the game plan game plan for everything. At, you know, you look at the whole thing, everything that happened in the Capitol. It is the make sure that the whole goal is to make sure it doesn't happen again. Make sure everyone knows the consequences and all of that, so it, they don't, you know, get all, uh, you know, get get their, you know, decide that they're going to go ahead and do this again. Make sure that they know if they do try, this is what's going to happen to you. So, yep, yeah, that's was ridiculous. I was in cardiac rehab, actually actually doing cardiac rehab. I was on a treadmill whenever all that happened. And uh, the the nurses there, they were they were in awe of what's going on. I made the comment. I said, I said, you know, I don't I'm not sure I agree with it, but maybe they do need to be scared. And I think I think the reaction from the, the political class and the the so called elites I hate using that word because they're not elite. Yeah. But the the the, the response from these people shows exactly how terrified they were that the people actually rose up and, and what happened was not what they say it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't even close to what they say it was. But it scared them so much that they, you know, we've always had political prisoners in the United States and this, this row with, with the Capitol incident has just made it perfectly clear. You cannot escape the fact that the United States has political prisoners now. Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah.
So, all right, one one last thing before we get out of here tonight. I saw this today right before we got on the show, and I wanted to pull it up. Uh, Texas Union posted this in our group, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This is a – he's got this little chart right here. He said it, – it, it's a meme. I'm not sure where he got it, but uh, 1% cr- control the world. 5% are their puppets. 90% have no clue about this uh, and don't care. 4% know and want to wake up the 90%. But the 1% uses the 5% to stop the 4% from waking up the 90%. Does that not about, I mean, is that not it or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, that's that's pretty close. There's a lot of math there. Yeah, yeah. And it's late in the day. But no, you know, it's 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 true. And this is something, this is something I've talked with people about and, and uh, I've thought a lot about. You know how many how many people out there? I I cut some friendships off after the last election because and we we talked about it in our live that that I just I recently took down. I'm, I'm making a video on why that live stream went away and and it'll be out in a couple of days. But I talked about this. I cut some friendships off because I was like anybody who could vote for that man is either evil, corrupt, or ignorant, and I don't need people like that in my life. Right. But somebody, somebody, it was Nick Freitas, as a matter of fact, he's a, he's a legislature in, in Virginia and he's got a YouTube channel. They do some great lives three times a week and he's got a secondary channel that's really good. Uh, I highly recommend him. And he does some shorts that are awesome. But he made the, he made the point. He said, you know, these people, a lot of these people, even with everything that's gone on, the propaganda works so well that they, they literally don't know. Right. And, and it's the, it's that 90% that don't know. Now, here's my thing. At what point does ignorance no longer become a defense? Right. For me, eight years, eight years of Obama was enough to completely shred the ignorance as a defense. Oh yeah. <laughs> for a lot of people, for a lot of people, it wasn't, you know, uh, Darren from hacks from the homesteader, who's going to be on, Kentucky Sustainable Living tomorrow they do their they're doing they're getting ready for their festival in October so every Friday they do a live stream with with people that are going to speak there or present there and and Angela and I were on last week and, and Darren's going to be on next week well, anyway we were coming back from the self-reliance festival in Camden Tennessee and you got to go by a the Tennessee Lake the the big lake that's there in mid Tennessee and uh, he pointed at the lake he goes look at that I was like what he said look at all those boats it was Sunday afternoon and he said, he said, those people don't know and they don't care or they don't care or they wouldn't be out on the lake on a Sunday afternoon spending money doing that. And at the time, you know, at the time I was agree with him, but I, I hadn't thought about how deep a statement that was and, and how important it was to where as, as preparedness minded people and patriotic minded people, how important that is to us because we got one of two choices. At this point, we can go out there and we can attack those unprepared people and we can turn them off and we can tell them how stupid they are and how ignorant they are. And we can drive them right into the arms of the people that want us to stop talking. Or we can understand that the situation is not the way we perceive it to be and try to bring them into the fold. 
Yeah. And that, that goes to exactly what I was talking about to start off the show too. How, how Lisa and I try to dispel that notion of what that crazy prepper is, right? Right. You bring them into the fold, you get, you tell them, Hey, you know what? It's not all this crap that you heard. Uh, that is, you know, that has nothing really to do with being prepared uh, for different events and different situations and just being prepared yourself to handle whatever life throws your way. That is, that has nothing to do with, you know, the, the mainstream prepper narrative out there. And if you can pull them in, and then there are some that are just never going to give you the time of day, don't want to, they don't want to hear about it. It's, it's something that, you know, it's just doesn't fit into their, their lifestyle, their routine and all that. And that's right. fine. Go your way, do your thing. Uh, I think it's really dangerous for people that sort of had gotten into preparedness because you, you talked about at what point does it, um, you know, do you not have an excuse anymore? Mm -hmm. Those people that have got into preparedness and decided, maybe they just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't have the time for this. Uh, those I think are the people that don't have an excuse anymore because you know better right. <laughs> and you chose not to do something. So it's like, it's like that dude in the matrix that took the blue pill so he could eat the steak. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? You yeah. know, and, and who was it? Um, somebody, somebody posted, so I don't know who said it, but they said, have you tried talking to those people, the ignorant? Yes. And it's extremely frustrating, but you cannot, you know, and, and the Bible, the Bible gives us a great, a great way to handle this. You know, at some point you just got to shake the dust off your feet and move on. So mm -hmm. you, you try to engage these people and for every, you know, even if out of 10 people, you only get one person to, to at the very least open their mind and start thinking about it. You've won, you know, because yeah. that's one less person that if something happens that you're going to have to worry about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I try to approach this the way that I do, Lisa and I, and even you, you know, how you and tag and uh, all of your people do the things that the whole preparedness, the homesteading, because if somebody gets into this and they see, I'm not going to throw any names out uh, <laughs> that I want to. I want to really bad, but I'm not going to talk about, especially since he doesn't live in our country. Now everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but if, if people see stuff like that first, mm -hmm. their, their fears and their everything that they're thinking about right there just gets su super heightened up and they're like, oh, crap, I really have to do this now. You know, we're going to the sky is falling. I knew it was. But I try to get people, you know, away from that and say, hey, you know what? Chill out. Relax. Just just get started. Just start doing stuff because uh, the odds are we've got time. The odds are you're going to be just fine. That You know, nothing's going to happen tomorrow. Who knows these days, though? I, you know, the more I say that, the more I uh, <laughs> the more I question myself uh, because it seems like on a daily basis things are going crazy. But um, you, you just got to. Yeah, it's, you know, get out of that. And that that's probably a reason a lot of people get into it and then just abandon it as well as because they see all that and the, the stress and and the fear and all that. And they're like, oh, I can't handle this anymore. So, well, and it, it's tiring. It's tiring whenever you, you, you feel like you're behind, you're trying to catch up. Right. Yeah. You know, and so how do, how do we deal with that? Number one, if you're if you're at that point where you're feeling overwhelmed and stuff, find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody that's like-minded and talk to them. I've got this, we, we've got this thing, and the, the best way to start building community is have a potluck. It, it, it sounds so stupid and simple, and it is that stupid and simple. But if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. 
right? Mm-hmm. Find two people. Find two people that are like-minded and invite them to a potluck. And tell them to invite two people to a potluck. And, and have it at a neutral place. Have it at a park or have it at a church, you know. If you... If you want, have them come to your house. I'm, I would, I'm not keen on that one, but some people don't have a problem with that. But have a potluck and just invite them over to some place and talk. Don't talk about prepping. Don't talk about politics. Just get to know each other and just have a conversation. Chances are you're going to find at least one person in that group that, that you want to continue the conversation with. All right? And just keep doing that until you get a group of people. And, and like I said at the beginning, the, the community is going to look different for everybody. We've got, a, we've got a group here locally who is a full-on prepper mag. And to their credit, they've been a prepper mag for 15 years, which wow. is crazy to me. You know, because we, we, tried, we tried doing that with our group. And um, we had one meeting. And the only, thing, the only agreement we came to was we need another meeting. Right. So it's a hard thing to do. And the fact that they're, they're that successful is amazing to me. But to other people like our community, you know, we decided that we're going to be in the same geographical area. We're not going to be co-located on a bug out location. Right. We're all going to have our own homesteads and we're we're trying to build our community. That way. We've had uh, we're on pace right now to have added 12 families to our community in the last 18 months by December which is cool. awesome. And, and, you know, and, and part of the thing is we want to start influencing local politics We're, we all need to be involved in local politics and, and the schools, if you've got kids, even if you don't have kids, be involved in the schools, but you know, you, you want to, you want to start influencing the, the environment around you so that if something does happen, you're not out there by yourself and you're not fighting against the tide whenever it rolls in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, real quick, one thing, one last thing on this, a little bit before you were just talking about that, but Sovereign Citizen said a lot of times the person you're talking to isn't the one whose mind you change. That's a, a very good point. And that's, this has happened to me a bunch of times, not just in preparedness, uh, but with a lot of different things. You're, you're, even just your children, right? You're saying something to one kid, you're trying to teach them about this or that. And it's the other one, you had no idea who's actually paying attention to you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it could be you could be having a conversation about something and and someone else, you know, at the table or whatever, just overhearing it uh, and, you know, really taking an interest in it. but doesn't want to, you know, jump into your conversation. You just never know what's going to happen. And it really it really depends on how you broach the subject, too. I think as you're talking to people about this stuff is, you know, it's not you, you don't have to talk about the crazy stuff. You don't have to talk about the insane stuff. Your sidekick, your sidekick summed it up perfectly. And I did it. I took the conversation I had with him and broke it up into some shorter videos. And, and one of the videos talks about this, but he summed it up perfectly. You know, he said, he said, we have to open our mind and we have to listen to people with opposing opinions. Because even if I disagree with that person 99%, if I agree with that one tiny 1%, I need to integrate that into my thinking. Because the, the, the ultimate goal, that so we've got the truth. The truth is out there. You know, the, the truth is what it is, and it's immutable. There's no your truth, my truth, their truth. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own perception of the truth. And, and what we should strive to do all the time is get our perception of the truth as closely aligned to what the actual truth is 
as we possibly can. Because when we do that, what that's going to do is it's going to open up so many different avenues that we can we can approach a problem from. Right. We can approach it from so many different angles if we if we align ourselves exactly what the truth is. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it sucks. I do not like agreeing with liberals, but sometimes sometimes liberals out there, Marxists, sometimes like that one percent of the time, they'll say something that makes sense and you got to take it into account. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and the same same applies. It, it just because somebody on the right says something doesn't mean and and i tend to lean quite a bit that way doesn't mean they're right and it doesn't mean that just because they say it i have to agree mm -hmm. with with what's what they've said so yeah it, it's it's the the same exact thing just because they're on the left doesn't mean i have to disagree with everything they said just because they said it now if it's biden <laughs> that's a little bit different uh, okay, i'm gonna yeah, disagree with everything he says <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's it was a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we are going to get out of here. We are at uh, um, almost uh, an hour and twenty. You got anything? You were you going to say something before we before I wrap this up? No, no. I, I was I was just going to say. You know, that's that's a perfect perfect way to think about it. And if you want if if you want to see the other side of the equation, and, and I'm not don't don't do it logged in, but just do it anonymously. There's a there's a chick on. YouTube that on Sunday afternoons she does a live stream and she is a full-on Marxist unapologetic she will she will talk straight off a, a Marxist uh, points go watch her seriously and and it's so illuminating you know and, and, I will right end up busting my TV <laughs> Well, I can only hand like 10, 15 minutes of her, but no, it's, it's, it's really interesting seeing where these people are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like me watching CNN two and a half minutes. It's off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are going to get out of here tonight. I do appreciate you being on and I'm serious. We need to sometime in the future, we'll get all four of us on your wife and my wife mm -hmm. and we'll just, you know, have a talk about prepping and uh, all that, all that good stuff. Get the, the both sides of the story, the male female perspective yep. and um, all that would be a really fun show. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, once again, with uh, what you guys have your Grumpy Acres Farm website, uh, try it out. If you've never tried any homemade uh, freeze dried food, I mean, and I'm not talking about like the little marshmallows you get in the cereal or anything like that. But um, go to Grump Acres Farm. Just buy a bag of their of, of one of their things, even if it's the ice cream sandwich, you know, the fun, yum, yummy stuff. Uh, try it out and see what you think and then work towards, uh, you know, getting one of those harvest rights and doing that stuff for yourself. So and and this is coming from a guy that actually sells long term food storage stuff. So uh, and, and I'm saying this stuff is just so much better. I can't wait. Ours is going to be here in the next couple of days and I'm going to I'm probably going to make some mistakes and all that. But um, and then once again, let everyone know about what you guys are doing at the Midwest Preparedness Project. So Midwest Preparedness Project is the first week in October. Um, it, I think camping opens up on Wednesday, and it goes through Sunday. We have classes on Friday and Saturday. Saturday night, uh, Angela and Darren are going to run a seed exchange. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Friday night. Saturday night is the potluck in Bartertown. No cash involved, straight trade. You can only only trade silver. Silver is the only silver and gold. Precious metals and only gold or only currency you could use um 
got some That's really cool. good speakers. But yeah. And if you guys want to, if you guys want to see us, we'll be at the uh, Doug and Stacy's Homesteading Life Conference, the first week in August. The last week in August, we will be in Marshfield, Missouri, at the uh, Ozark Homestead Expo, and then second or third week in September, we will be at uh, Self Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee. If you get if you guys are close to that, you need to go to that. Uh, uh, Nicole Sauce, Living Free in Tennessee, is the is the person you need to watch to to get all the information. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a it's not a child friendly place. I mean, there's it's a, it's an adult thing. They've got Jack Spierko is going to be there this year. It's uh, not a drag show, you mean? <laughs> no, it's not a drag show. It's not a drag show, but the the sarcasm, everyone. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not a. There's a lot of salty language that goes on. Let's just yeah, put it that yeah. Way. All right, let's just put it that way. But Jack Spirko is going to be there, and uh, oh, Chuck cool. Peoples is going to be there. They're doing a. Uh, he's doing. A, he's actually doing a paid class on Friday, of Stop the Bleed, which is I don't know if you guys have ever seen his class. He does a really good job. Um, we got some special things lined up with our our vendor tent with that and him and some other people, uh, and then Midwest Preparedness Festival is the. First week in October, because the Boy Scouts rented our campsite every Friday in September. Ugh, Boy Scouts. Anyway, and then the last weekend in October, we're going to be in uh, Kentucky. Where are we going to be in Kentucky? Angela, if you're still in the chat, where are we going to be in Kentucky? The Kentucky Sustainable Living. Uh, the, the YouTube channel is that, or Shelly from Two Old Crows can... They they talk a lot about it too, but that's their that's going to be their first festival, and it looks like it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. Hey, uh, just real quick, she uh, Yoda said uh, I can walk Lisa through it. I'm not sure what they're talking about, uh, but she said give G your number. Uh, I the, definitely the, will after the show as well. And you guys, they can. Uh, I'm, the, I'm sure it's something with the harvest, dryer. right? This is the freeze dryer stuff. Yeah, yeah. If anybody has any questions about freeze drying, our our Email is on our YouTube channel about page. Drop us a line. Um, yes, we sell the we sell the freeze dried food. It's more important that everybody buy one and start putting this stuff away themselves and start doing it for themselves. You know, if you don't have the time or money, we're more than happy to to sell you our goods. But we would rather you go buy your own and and become self sufficient in that manner. Yeah. What what do you <laughs> say? Somebody calls you up and says, "Hey, man, I need two years worth of, of tree hydrated food. You could be able to fulfill that order." <laughs> it may take some time. It may take yeah. some time, but but we'll try it. We had we had two freeze two large freeze dryers going, but we had the the compressor oh, okay. on one died, and uh, so we're trying to get it fixed right now. But so we're only running off of one. But we're we try. We'll, we'll try. So you do have the means to to at least give it a shot. Yeah. 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 At, at the very least, go try it. You know, if you're you're curious about it, try it out like, a, you know, probably not going to want to do your whole long term food storage with that. But, you know, give it a shot. And then, you know, great for camping, hiking, all of that stuff. You know, just throw it on your shelf. Good for 25 years or whatever. Uh, fantastic stuff. But, yeah, we are going to get out of here. Um, I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, uh, we'll have to do this again here in the future, whether it's your channel, my channel or both channels like we are tonight, whatever. Uh, maybe another time with tag as well but uh um with that everyone in the chat appreciate you all half of them already left because i said we were leaving 10 minutes ago so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i appreciate you all joining in tonight 
Uh, until next time, take care and prepare, and we will talk to you all later. Uh, stick around a little bit grumpy, and we'll chat afterwards. To live a life done free, people.